Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to our first inaugural episode of our NRL W show where we uh, deep dive into Women's Rugby League. Um, obviously, a big focus uh, point of the podcast will be the elite competitions, um, such as the NRL W competition, as well as representative football. But we're also going to deep dive into some of the state competitions. As I say all of that, I welcome in uh, my my panel tonight. Um, I've got uh, Stacey, Alex and Pierre. How are you going, guys? I'm Pierre. Start with you. Um, so tonight we're, we're going to be, you know, talking about a team that's a little bit close to your heart. Can you tell us just briefly a, a little bit about the uh, the team that we might be focusing in on tonight? Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, tonight we'll be doing a little brief um, uh, review on the North Sydney Bears, which is obviously my team, my favourite team. <laughs> Not being biased, but obviously because I. Um, I play for them. But, yeah, I'm excited to kind of um, strip it back and look at the players, get to know the players and just understand the the game for the season that we had just um, done. Absolutely. And Alex and Stacey, I, I think we're pretty lucky. You know, obviously moving forward throughout the season, we'll, we'll aim to bring on players and they can give us a little bit of insight. But to have, you know, one of the players of our first teams we're going to be, uh, we're going to be looking at, um, quite a coincidence, very happy about it. Um, Stacey, looking forward to digging, in, digging into the Bears tonight? Oh, definitely. Definitely. The Bears have had, uh, they've got such a strong organisation with, with how they train and the way that they operate. Um, and they've had some successes on, you know, both uh, aspects of their game, both the men's game and the women's game. So I'm super stoked to be able to chat with Pierre and talk about some up-and-coming uh, big NRLW stars. And Alex, it hasn't exactly been the easiest time for our Sydney siders. Um, a lot of the panel uh, are set up in Sydney, so we, we shout out to all our listeners from Sydney who are obviously battling lockdown as well as other states. So Alex, it's been a bit of a difficult time for Sydney, but um, yeah, good to provide some coverage to one of our favourite local teams. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's going to be great to bring some more light to the uh, NRLW. I think these girls kind of put in a lot of effort and, you know, they're standout players. So it's going to be great to be able to shine a light on those. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads us perfectly into our first segment, The Huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. The Broncos celebrate success once more. New South Wales have won women's state of origin on a great performance by the Australian Gillaroos. Champion teams do this. They find space. They find time. Loved watching her play, and I think she'll take her game to another level. Yes, and welcome to the huddle, where we focus in on a team within women's rugby league. And this week, we have decided to, as we've spoken about, uh, do a deep dive into the North Sydney Bears. Pierre, we'll start with you. Can you run us through a little bit about a, a quick recap of the the season for the North Sydney Bears in the Harvey Norman's Women's Premiership. Yeah, sure. So um, with the Bears, we our squad's quite big. So we started off with large numbers, started to dwindle a little bit mid-season because of this, the injuries, of course. But um, a little bit about the Bears, you know, they're a tight group of girls. Um, we started off with Lisa Fiola as, as our head coach and then coming into round five and six, we 
had a the club made a decision to change coaches. Yeah, so Rob came in in round five, round six, and took over the reins. And then from there, it was just kind of rebuilding again for the season that we were expecting to have. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's um, and I guess you know it, to paint a little bit of context in in and around uh, this competition. So Pierre, this one. This competition itself, I guess it's been building momentum over quite a number of years. A uh, little bit of a difficult season this year, a little bit interrupted uh, by COVID and, and a few different disruptions. But, you know, reflecting on the competition itself, are, are you seeing some improvements in, in the overall quality over the last few years? Yeah, definitely. I think over the last, uh, this will be our, we've just finished our fourth season. So looking back at where we started as Bears, but also just looking at the whole competition, it's um been really um it's been a real privilege to be able to play with over the last four seasons and be able to see that competition grow. Because when we first started, my that was my first year of playing rugby, um rugby league, and that was and I was just getting excited with with the people that I was surrounded by. But to see the amount of talent coming through through the um like all of the clubs having their own feeder teams in the second div comp and then those players coming to the Harvey Norman Premiership teams, it's it's been great. And I think it's got so much to give and there's so much room to grow as well. So I'm really excited to see where this goes over the next few seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And Stacey, as we look through uh, the squad of, uh, you know, uh, so, so quite, a, quite a significant amount of talent in there, including our very own panellist, Pierre, but definitely uh, there are some serious names and, um, and, and a lot of talent in this squad. Looking through, looking through the playlist, are there any particular sort of more experienced veterans that you'd like to call out? You know, you know Shanice Parker has been, you know, uh, momentous, um, you know, playing NRLW already and then uh, slotting in at fullback for the Bears. Um, I really like how she plays. Shanice Stowers as well, you know, killing it from NRLW. And, and really I can see that the rookies that come on board really – it's similar to what Pierre was saying was they really take on board the amount of talent that they've got around them and they appreciate it. And you can just see that uh, momentum continue from um, season to season with these uh, rookie players. Alex, we'll go to you. Obviously you've had a career in coaching and I I guess as we look through the bears list, one of the things that stands out is it's quite balanced in between it. It's got the veteran players. It's got some of the younger players coming through that. That's quite rare in teams these days. You know, sometimes you've sort of got a rebuild with a lot of younger players, or you've sort of got a team that's sort of on the back end with a lot of older players. The Bears seem to have a pretty, uh, you know, I, I guess balanced squad from a coach's perspective. How, how important it is, how important is it to get the balance right in terms of experience and youth? Um, I think it's, you know, relatively important um, as far as, you know, my coaching goes um, or as coaching goes in general. Um, I think it's great to have that kind of base group of vets on a team um, because then they can kind of bring those, you know, young guns along and, and bring those newbies along with them. And kind of it helps with the coaching as well, because, you know, these vets can take these players under their wings. And sometimes you learn a lot more from your players and you do coaching stuff at the end of the day. So to be able to have that kind of balance, I think just makes it a more even playing field across the board. Yeah, absolutely. So Pierre, give us a little bit of insight into, as Stacey mentioned, Shanice Parker obviously has achieved a lot so far in her career. Tell us a little bit about um, Shanice away from, I guess, you know, to Alex's point, you know, at training and I guess her influence on some of her fellow teammates. 
Yeah, anyone that knows Shanice knows um, we call her Skucky. That's her nickname. So anyone that knows Skucky knows that she's um, she's a hard worker. She definitely doesn't – the talent that she shows on the field is definitely something that she works on behind the scenes. So just to give you some background on Shanice, um, she actually came from, over from WA. She was originally part of the Sevens um, Australian Rugby Sevens team. She was part of that for, I think, a, a, a year or two. I'm not sure, but um, – but from there, she's then come back to rugby league and then started um, started with the Bears back when we first started. So to see her grow over the, the last few years has been really great. Um, she's always told us girls that she loves rugby league and there's always rug, rugby league. And you can see all of the work that she's done in rugby union transfer into rugby league. So it's been really good to be training around someone like Shanice because obviously she's competed at a higher level than myself and most of the other girls, especially in rugby union, you know, when you've, it, all it takes is, um, you know, her and, you know, you've got players like, as um, Stacey was saying, like Shawnee, Holly Wheeler, all it takes is a few of those girls to set the bar and the standard in the team and everyone rises to it because that's the expectations that's, that's put on the team. And I think it's, um, I'd be lying if I said Bears didn't resonate with that because it's clear from day one, in particular when um, these girls started playing with us that, that's the standard and that's the expectation that we put on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we think about some of the background uh, that, that you've sort of touched on in terms of, you know, um, some of the pathways for, for, for a lot of the, the plays in, in the Bears system, um, you know, cross code, that uh, there's a lot of transferable skills there. But, you know, if you look at someone like Shanice, uh, it's as if she's been playing league her entire life. Um, talk to us a little bit about Chantel um, Stowers. So obviously, um, yeah, another another highly uh, versatile and talented outside back. Yeah, Shawnee is just a professional at what she does. Um, she plays her position well, especially as a centre and an outside back. She really does command her role as a centre. And I know that in my first year playing alongside her, I was petrified because when you're playing against someone who's, you know, played at an elite level, you kind of put a lot of pressure on yourself because you want to try and, um, you know, be at the same level as that. But you just... But I guess being beside her has just taught me that, you know, it takes time, but it also means just, you know, trust in the process. And she's a really strong believer in that, trust in the process and it'll all come. So I guess for Shawnee, yeah, I mean, I just think she's an absolute professional in her, in not just herself, but just how she also is a true captain for the Bears. Stacey, uh, looking looking through some of the performances of the, of the Bears players throughout the year, it's clear to see that there's a little bit of speed in this side. Uh, one of the players I'd, I'd like to sort of talk about, uh, Pierre, uh, Tyler Gamble, um, obviously had a, had a great season for the Bears, scored quite a few tries. What can you tell us about Tyler? Yeah, Tyler is, um, yeah, good luck to anyone that can catch her. That's all I have to say. Look, she had a great season last year and even the, her um, her first season, which was, uh, sorry, that was last year. She had her first season with the Bears and then backed it up with a second season this year. And I think this year she's done really well. She did come into the team. She had an injury and she had surgery back in December. So to see her have a turnover so quick and it was a surgery, she had surgery on her back. So to see her come back so quickly and be able to be back on the field is um, is amazing because I know that if it was myself, I don't think I'd be back on the field so quickly. Stacey, obviously you've uh, you know you've you've played quite a lot of sport in your time. To Pierre's point, someone like Tyler in Tyler's position, where she relies on her speed 
to come back from such a such a serious injury, you know, a back injury like that. To Pierre's point, that that's pretty impressive. Oh, oh, definitely. And and your back is definitely one of those things that is always that question of concern. Uh, you know, it and it's always that one that um, you know doctors will tell you contact sport. You know, it is dangerous, and you know those risks are going into it. Um, but as you and I have spoken about before, it's it's the athlete's mentality. You got to do what you got to do. But to make a return like that um, and to be as fast as she is after that is very impressive. Let's move now to um, sort of more your, your playmakers and some of your halves. Someone that's obviously um, stands out and, you know, f- for quite good reason, someone who's put in some very um, strong performances, um, you know, at this level over the last few years is Kira Dib. Pierre, what, what can you tell us about Kira's performance uh, this season? Yeah, I think Kira's done pretty well in terms of just maintaining that performance from previous year. So last year she had an absolute amazing season. She was selected in the um, state of origin. Then she was picked up again for the NRLW. So um, I think this year she's just maintained the same performance. I think as a, as a half, she's done really well this year, especially with, with us because she's had to fill in a lot of gaps when we got hit with injuries and she had to play, she had to play out of position and positions that she'd normally not ever play. So just goes to show that her, um, her athleticism, but also the knowledge of the game has been able to put her in positions that she wouldn't normally play. So I think this year she's played amazingly well for the amount of challenges that were put in front of her. Alex, if we look at some of these playmakers in the game, what do you think are some of the most important, I guess, characteristics that we're kind of looking for? For you, if you were to say, you know, what are your top two, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, what, what are your top two skills that you're kind of looking for from your key playmaker? I think the big one um, for me, especially from like a coaching perspective, just like being able to organize. If you can't organize your backs, you know, you're not going to be able to really get much going from that. And you're going to have to rely mostly kind of on your forward. So just being able to organize, seeing where the space is, I think then kind of passing and kicking can can come from that. But if you can see the game kind of evolve in front of you um, and make decisions from there, then I think that's kind of going to be an important factor as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I see when I watch Kira. You know, she just appears to play with, uh, Pierre, just a little bit of time, uh, you know, she, she sort of uh, doesn't rush things, uh, you know, it's able to sort of slow things down. So, you know, being able to play around with that tempo in games, I think is really, really important. So yeah, look, all the very best to Kira, um, you know, over the next few months. Um, yeah, I'm sure she's going to, you know, get back to representative levels that she's achieved, um, last season. Another player that they caught my eye, Stacey, and, and I guess a, a position that's becoming increasingly important in rugby league is this dummy half hooking role. Um, Stacey, Nita Maynard uh, obviously has stood out for the Bears in that hooking position. But, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on, on Nita? She's tough. She's super tough. She'll just take anyone on, which I really enjoy also. Um, and in that position, I think she really, you know, takes ownership of it. Um, and she seems super fiery, like just generally as a person. And I think that that goes really well with that position on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And Pierre, obviously, it's a bit of a step up into these state competitions. You know, this is probably one of the, the more elite competitions in the world, realistically, for women's rugby league. Uh, to Stacey's point, it's not so easy jumping in the middle and taking some of those runs. What is it like to sort of, I guess, mix it up in the middle at this level? Yeah, I agree with Stacey. I mean, Nita, for her size, she really is. Um, the centre of the middles. And she, for her size and her and her height, she takes it on like it's nothing. So I definitely agree with Stacey on that. But playing in the middle is hard work. And 
when I was in Div 2 before um, Bears, coming into Bears, sorry, I play a little bit in the middle and it's hard work. I think everyone underestimates the middle's uh, workload and what they do, but they really do, um, they set the tone in the field, especially coming into yardage. They really do set the tone for for our halves to be able to, you know, work out what's the next um, what's the next role for them to be able to make the plays. But laying the lines for middles is incredibly hard, and I and I still just yeah, I still can't believe the amount of work that goes into the middles from an outside backs point of view. Anyway, absolutely. And speaking of the middles. You know, obviously when we're looking at this Bears side, uh, star-studded, we've got plenty of quality players, uh, none more so than Holly Wheeler. Pierre, tell us a little bit about Holly's influence, um, you know, not just not just on the field, but I, I, again, you know, what's sort of her influence at training and behind the scenes uh, there at the club? Yeah, Holly, I mean, last year she had a tough year because she was out due to injury. She got injured in the um, NRL 9s in Feb. And then she did an ACL and then she was out for the entire season. But last year was probably the first year where I really got to know Holly because she was on the sideline. But even when she was on the sideline, she was still helping all the girls who were injured, but also helping the girls that were on the field. So having her there as a men- as a mentor was really great for some of the girls who were maybe not getting game time or were kind of juggling injuries so to see her be able to step up and in onto the field this year has been really um, has been a great achievement for her because she's come back from an ACL and then her first season on the field she's picked for straight into Origin and then she's also been picked up for NRLW. It's almost like she's never been injured to to be honest because it's just seamless how she's gone from having having no injuries then ACL and then having no injuries again. But it's almost like yeah she'd always been there the whole time. Alex, to Pierre's point, that's not normal, <laughs> you know, to Pierre's point, you know, coming back from an ACL. And I, and I think that's the problem with, you know, modern day medicine is, you know, a lot of these serious injuries, they can be well, um, you know, you can sort of recover quite well. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I guess we, we sort of overlook some of these serious injuries sometimes, you know, coming back from an ACL injury in sport, it's still such a significant injury, knocks around your confidence. Talk to us a little bit about, yeah, some of the challenges that you've seen in athletes from, from, your, from your coaching perspective? I think it's always kind of that first initial season back or that first training back or that first, especially when you play high contact sport, right? When you have an injury like that, mentally you can either, you know, be strong or you can kind of lose it. And and those players that kind of lose it, they either take a lot longer to come back or they kind of fade into the background and drop off performance-wise. Um, so to be able to come back from an injury like that, and still be confident and still, you know, be able to make an impact that quickly is it just shows kind of like that mental toughness and that, that strength mentally as an athlete, which is so key. I think whenever you have an injury, um, it doesn't matter what sport you do play, but especially in contact, because you have to go out there and you have to be fearless and not worry about it. Cause if you do, then you're likely going to get injured again. So be able to go out there and play and go this, you know, injuries in the past done and dusted, this is how I'm playing. Then, you know, that shows the, the toughness of, of that player. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also worth worthwhile, you know, just stating as well that that ACL injury is just so common for women, uh, you know, from a biological perspective that, you know, a serious injury is so commonplace, um, you know, within our, within our communities and within, you know, I know a million people have done an ACL. Um, but again, we're still trying to find some more research that backs this up. 
Um, so that's, I guess, a, a little call out there for anyone who wants to do some research on some uh, women's ACL injuries and how to prevent them a little bit better. That'd be great. Yeah, no, it's a good shout, um, Stacey. And it's something that we all sort of, sort of followed closely um, this season. I, I don't know whether there was a higher prevalence of injuries, but it just felt like, you know, after we sort of recapped, you know, each weekend in, in the state competitions, we were seeing not not just you know not just minor injuries but but really significant season ending injuries so a shout out to to all of our injured players that put their body on the line and 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 sort of suffered some setbacks this year you know hopefully that's that's um that's in the past now and then hopefully as we move into to a fresh season next year um you know hopefully uh, we can see see some of those numbers drop um stacy one of the one of the games that caught our eye uh, which I'm sure Pierre wants to talk about but doesn't want to talk about um, just because of how it ended, was uh, one of the final games of the season uh, for the North Sydney Bears as they took on their rivals, um, St Mary's. Stacey, what's your, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this? Obviously, it was, there, was a, there was a lot of, uh, lot of momentum going into this game and, and a lot on the line as both teams sort of fought it out for a, for a finals position. Well, you know, from, from the sounds of it, it sounded like it was a pretty fiery game. Uh, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, rivalries are always that, uh, that elusive game that you always hope that you get a chance to play and dominate in. Um, because if you don't, then it'll just stick with you because rivals just have that connection, that emotive connection. And you just want to beat them so bad. And to have this game come down to how it did, I mean, here we are. But Pierre can probably definitely yeah. tell you a little bit more than I can. Pierre, uh, before we get into the, the game and the result, talk to us a little bit about the preparation coming into this one. Was 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 there that pressure? Did you guys feel, uh, yeah? Did you guys feel like you were under pressure coming into this one, knowing that you know there was a there was a final spot on the line? Yeah, we did, and and it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a negative type of pressure, but it was a positive one. And as a team, we knew that we had things to do throughout the game in order to be successful and in order for us to kind of to go into the next round and coming up against St Mary's it's never a light game we always come out like not injured as such but we always come out with bumps and bruises because they are they're a solid team and they were a team that were the underdogs from last year so and they had improved massively over the last year as well so and they had um they were able to get a few of some new faces they got um Josie, who used to play with us last year, ended up going over to St. Mary's this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, mentally we all knew what we had to do. I'm just, it's just unfortunate that the score doesn't reflect that. But in terms of leading up to the game, we had a really good training session the two days before. But like I said, everyone knew what they had to do and just it just wasn't our day on the day. Yeah, and I, well, I, th- I think it just highlights the fact how closely matched these two sides were. So on the day, obviously, you guys were playing away. You know, St Mary's had the game at home. It was a high-scoring affair, a, a lot of action in that first half. So we had 10 tries uh, in total, five tries apiece. Um, the conversions even evened out, uh, two from five from, from both kickers in Ashley Harrison for St Mary's and Kiri did for, uh, for the Bears. But, yeah, if, if you look at those 10 tries, um, you know, nine tries were scored up until the 45th minute. So, you know, it was it was certainly a busy a bit busy early early part of the game. Pierre, talk to us a little bit about your contribution to this game. Obviously, you came in uh, into the Bears side, um, you know, in, into the starting position and uh, you may have crossed the line. Talk to us a little bit about the play and, um, yeah, run us through that one. 
Yeah, the play for the St Mary's game um, was just just hitting them through the middle, and that was just just basic getting your getting their middles tired so that they become fatigued. And when you have fatigue set in, that's when mistakes start to happen. So for us um, going into the game, we knew that was one of our roles. And I, I guess basically, you know, we were hitting them through the middle and they were getting tired, but so were we. So we just found ourselves on the back foot and a lot of, um, unfortunately, we just made a lot of silly mistakes. And I guess the contribution that I had in the game was just, backs get in there and help the middles because they're getting absolutely smashed to the middle. So get in there and do what you can. And that's what a lot of myself and some of the other outside backs did is just trying to get in there and just try and get some uh, metres and some yardage for our team and then have the halfbacks and the 5'8s come in and be able to set up what um, the next play to score a try. Yeah, absolutely. And you're being a little bit modest there, Pierre, as well, because I know that you scored quite a crucial try um, on the day as well. But Talk to us about the, those those final minutes. So obviously twenty four twenty four final minutes. This game has been, as you mentioned, it's been a, it's been a tight contest. Um, it's been quite fiery. We've had two players, uh, you know, put in the sin bin earlier on in the game. Talk to us about about, about that last play, and I, I guess the heartbreak as St Mary's went on to win this one. Yeah, that was a definite heartbreak. That's for sure. Look, we just went. I think to be honest. Um, you know, I, I remember coming back to our 10 and we were, we were coming off our try line to defend the St. Mary's the St. Mary's girls. And I remember Nita being next to me, like, because she was our half. And I said, oh, we've just got to get a few more tackles in. And we literally just kept, we just, we just kept coming off our line and we just kept tackling and tackling. And I guess, you know, we just didn't put enough pressure on that last kick. And that's, and that's what, that's honestly how they won was just a goal kick uh, on in the final two minutes of the game. And, you know, when that happens in the last two minutes, you know, like I, I felt for the girls and we all felt for each other because we really did work really hard and we really did, you know, get in there and gave it all our best. But yeah, they just, um, they just outplayed us in the last two minutes. It's just so unlucky because they had only just scored as well. So they had only just scored, they got over the line, and then it was neck and neck. Yeah. So, yeah, it was hard. It's um, it's a hard match to rethink and go back to because it kind of just, yeah, you're reliving, I'm reliving the moments yeah. again. Yeah, reliving. It's re- sort of one of those, that I feel like, I feel sorry, sorry, Dan, I feel like that that game was, uh, you know how you said that it was so even the whole time and um, they'd just gotten over before um, for that try and before they kicked and, it was just sort of that momentum and you yeah. guys were so heavy, heavy, heavy and you are both both teams giving it everything that tired. you got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was just, you know, it's, momentum is that that third or 17th player or however many players that you need, but it's that invisible player that can just push push over the edge and momentum. Man, it's it's a killer. Yeah. It is. It definitely hurts, that's for sure. Absolutely. And obviously a bit of heartbreak at the end. But, Pierre, just to sort of close off this one, Obviously, that, that that gives you guys a little bit of fuel and a little bit of fire in the belly for next season. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, unfortunately, with this year's, uh, with this season's um, results, it wasn't what we wanted, but that doesn't mean we, we know what we're capable of. So, you know, looking back over the last four seasons, the first season, our first inaugural season, we, we got given the wooden spoon. Second season, we came back and we made it into the semis. And then last year, of course, was when we made it to the grand final. And, you know, to be able to make it to the grand final, we didn't win. We actually lost to the Central Coast Roosters. 
But to be able to make grand final and it's just feeling what it feels like to be in grand final, to be able to play in the big stadium, have all your family and friends come and support you. Like we definitely want to be back there again, but obviously next time we're there, we definitely want to take the trophy home. So I guess this is just a small bump, a small obstacle in the Bears' um, pathway to success. But I'm pretty confident with the current coaching staff we have and the, the current players we have, I'm sure that next year it's going to be a very different year. And who's to say maybe it'll be completely different. Hopefully it's COVID-free. Yeah, absolutely. His fingers crossed. And here, here on the network we'll be, we'll be covering uh, the Bears quite closely as well as, you know, a, a bunch of teams, you know, throughout Women's Rugby League. We're doing big previews going into next season. For, so for our listeners and for our Bears supporters out there, uh, uh, please continue to support um, your local state-based teams. Um, as, as we've spoken about, you know, we, we've, got a, we've got a lot of uh, talent in this competition and, um, yeah, he's hoping the Bears can, um, yeah, uh, bounce back next season, get back into the finals and, um, yeah, continue to succeed in that competition. All right, guys, let, let's finish off the show. Let's round it off with our rapid-fire segment. With the game of football spreading out and becoming more about getting athletes into open space, one universal truth is more evident than ever. Speed kills. And in our rapid fire segment, everything's fast, everything's nice and quick as we aim to round out this show. Uh, Tonight, we'll actually be talking about our NRLW teams and I guess the squads that we will be uh, following uh, leading into the current season. Alex, we'll start with you. Can you... Tell us who your NRLW team is and the team that you'll be supporting for this season. Uh, I think for me, I always like to kind of stick with the same club that I support with the men, you know, and, and support the women when they have women's side. So for me, it's going to have to be the Roosters. Yeah, the Sydney Roosters. Well, uh, yeah, ju- judging on their their roster, I, I think they're going to be in with, a, in with a huge chance to win the premiership. Stacey, what about yourself? Which team will you be supporting this this year? I have, uh, I'm putting on my, my hat as I speak and I am committing to the Parramatta Eels. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So obviously, you know, an, another new team that's entering the competition um, and yeah, just like the look of a lot of the new signings that are coming to the club. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've just picked up Samama Taufa. Uh, you know, I spent some time with her recently. She's an amazing chick. Um, Bertil Vetti Welsh, she had to put on a display. Kennedy Cherrington's playing really well right now. And Philomena Hansey is just killing it. So I was like, nah, I'm sold. Yeah. Take me. Take my money. Plenty, uh, plenty to choose from there. And obviously, there, there's some great signings, and that will ensure that, yeah, Parramatta uh, are in with a, a great opportunity in, in their first season. Uh, Pierre, obviously you've got your uh, North Sydney Bear roots at, at, at that state competition level. Talk to us about who you'll be supporting in the NRLW this year. Yeah, I think I had my – I originally had followed the Roosters, had always followed the Roosters because a few of the girls from Bears were playing in it. But I have to say this year I'm going to change teams. So I'm going to change over to St. George Dragons. I'm excited to see what they have. They look like they've got some good girls. Holly's playing in the team. So, um, and a few signed, they haven't completely, um, they haven't completely announced their whole team, but I'm excited to see and hear who they've signed. So the word is on the streets that they've signed some big names and I can't wait to see them finally come to the, to the game. Yeah, absolutely. And and they've certainly built themselves as a, as as a, uh, such a strong club, you know, in, in this, in this particular competition. So no, it will definitely be interesting to see how the Dragons go 
this year. And for myself, uh, you know, living in Newcastle, Newcastle boy, I've got to support my Newcastle Knights. Um, I was very, very excited, as were the Hunter, to hear that we'll be getting a team in the NRLW. Um, it's something we've been really looking forward to. We believe we've got the juniors to, to obviously be successful. Um, and, you know, for me, obviously, we announced our, our first ever signing with uh, Caitlin Johnston, um, getting picked up the other day, um, you know, a, a, again, another local junior. Um, she's, uh, she's a forward and, um, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be something that, you know, she'll be able to remember for a long time being our first ever signing. But, yeah, coached by Blake Green, um, you know, uh, to, to to everyone's points, obviously there's still a lot to, to organise over the next little period for that particular competition. So the Knights are still sort of working their way through their list and through their roster. But, um, yeah, coached by Blake Green, I, I think the I think the team can, can uh, yeah, go a long way. And imagine that. Imagine winning the premiership in our first year. Here's hoping. All right, guys. Well, look, we're going to leave it there. That's all we have time for in our first ever episode of the NRLW Women's Rugby League uh, show. Um, thank you so much uh, to the panel uh, for sharing all of their thoughts on the North Sydney Bears. Um, really, really appreciate everyone's input tonight. And to our listeners, we really, really hope that you enjoyed this content. If you did, uh, please download, subscribe, jump onto our social medias. Uh, we're on we're on all platforms. And, uh, yeah, give us a comment, give us a follow, send us through a message to let us know, uh, give us some feedback um, on the show. Thank you very much for your time, and we'll see you on the next episode. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.